And we're off. Let's do it again. Welcome back from the weekend, Maddie. How'd it go for you? A, a Monday night football game for the Patriots. Yeah, I remember you, you texted me yesterday because we were doing some stuff last night and you apologized for taking me away from it. But I <laughs> reminded you that unlike you, I'm okay if the if the team isn't isn't thriving and we uh, we watch passively. We don't get as invested, right? But we're also, as we've always talked about a million times, we're spoiled, right? How much more can we possibly want as Boston sports fans? So I know that sounds like gloating, but it's really just like, I think we have the perspective. We're an elevated consciousness as we watch our teams. We understand, you know, things could be a lot worse. And we see it, obviously. I have to watch you suffer through. Uh, I mean, was Sunday the highlight for you? Was that the best game of the year so I mean, far? Russ was great. The team was was behind him. Brett Rippon is is touting him on, on Bleacher Report. Everyone's... Yeah. You know, behind Russ. So, uh, but we're not going to go there. We have much more important guest, and uh, that we're excited for John Barrows. Um, I was introduced to John Barrows through a a corporate sales training. Um, Maddie and I have been in sales profession for twenty years, and this was one of the first ones that I was like, "Oh my god, this is not (laughs) your typical corporate sales training." So. John, thank you for for indulging us. Um, yeah, we have a lot of people that are on that are listeners that are in sales or sales adjacent roles um, that I think will get a lot out of the conversation. Um, so appreciate it. Yeah, uh, for the show. yeah, appreciate you guys having me. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll park the Patriots discussion because uh, <laughs> I think we could we could have that one. But I, I'm very similar to Matt as far as my mindset is concerned. The Patriots could suck for the rest of my life. Yeah. I got 20 years in my backpack where on yeah. Sunday I just throw on <laughs> I just throw on three games to glory and I grab yeah. my Sam Adams and my old Teddy Bruski yeah. shirt and I just think yeah. about those days. So that, we, that, we, that that's gonna keep me going. We watch. I remember watching those games and going to those games being like, it's very unlikely they'll lose. It was a very weird feeling as a fan to watch and be like, it's, it would be out of the ordinary if they lose. And so we'll deal with it. It's a strange phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, so John, um, you know, just to kick everything off, like Mm -hmm. your, your corporate sales trainer you also you know have the jv sales membership program um where you're working with individuals and you have a team behind you as well um what got you interested in and i i'm making a massive assumption that mm-hmm. you came from a sales background but mm-hmm. training salespeople um from different walks of life like where did where did this all generate from uh, evolution just like I, i'm i'm it's weird i'm i've never been overly purposeful in my career as far as you know you talk about goal setting and that type of stuff other people are great at that i do set goals don't get me wrong but i'm not like a stick a stake in the ground and i'm going for it type of guy you know i i, I went to college just kind of like most other people i didn't know what the hell i wanted to be when i grew up i mean the re- main reason I, I went down to u maryland for my college was because they were the ones that wouldn't force me to declare my major 
Right. So I was like, all right, well, let me go try everything because my first, my first major was art. Cause I thought my, you know, I was good at art in my little town of, you know, 12,000 people. And yeah. when I got to school, I realized, holy shit, uh, being the best guy of 150 artists in a, or not even artists in a high school is not exactly going to pay the bills. Um, and then I tried like calculus and engineering. Cause my dad was an engineer failed that hard, you know, then I went into like science. Cause I was like, yeah, I like science. Nope. That didn't work either. And I, I ultimately settled on marketing. Uh, cause one of us, it was probably the easiest one I could, uh, graduate with, but also it was business. And I always had an affinity and a desire to earn money, um, so that I could do what I wanted to do. And then I just kind of fell into it and, you know, sales, just like everything, like back then you couldn't get a degree in sales. Um, so I kind of fell into it with DeWalt power tools and then got to Xerox and Xerox, I think is where I got my first taste of training, like real training. Cause they had the Xerox sales Academy. They had the eight week sales training program and all this other stuff. And there was some structure to it after I left them and started a company, um, uh, uh an IT services company focused on the SMB market. I didn't know what I was doing. So I took that Xerox handbook and that's how I built our sales process. And then I took a bunch of trainings, the Sandlers, the Miller Hyman's, the Taz's. And I, and I, there were nuggets of everything in all those trainings that I liked. And I had to shift my mindset because when I had originally gone to these trainings, I was like, oh, well, they, they, they know it all. I mean, they got a whole methodology around this stuff. So yeah. let me buy into it. But like, as I'm going through the training, I'm like, Okay, like that's that thing is good, but the rest of this is bullshit. And yep. uh, by the way, could you get to the point, please? Because you've told six of stories that are all highlighting a similar thing, and yeah. I, I got shit to do here. So I had an intolerance for training. I also don't like, for instance, like I don't like reading. I'll be straight up, like I'm not same. a reader. I've probably same. read five or six books in my life. The reason is, it's the same thing. I hate the reason I hate training is because there's you know. Most books are 80% fluff and bullshit and 20% actual decent stuff, but they have to put the rest of those pages in there. So the book can be 200 pages so they can sell it for $24.99 because they wouldn't be able to sell it for $24.99 if it was just 10 pages. So I, like, I, I, that's why I don't read books. I'm like, this is fucking pointless. Just get to the point. So I use tools like get abstract or, um, you know, blink list that summarize the books yep. in you know, five pages. I'm like, all right, cool. So I've read every yep. business book there is out there, but I haven't read it. I just read the fucking highlights. Cause that's all I needed. So when yeah. I had the opportunity, like when I sold my company to Staples and then got fired from there, cause I'm not a corporate guy, um, Basho offered me the, the training that I took was called Basho. And I really liked that training cause it was super tactical, no full of shit. And Jeff Hoffman is one of the best sales professionals I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. And I immediately gravitated towards it. And then when they offered me the job to be a trainer, I was like, no, absolutely not. They're like, why not? I'm like, I don't like fucking trainer. Like tra most trainers are either failed sales professionals or professional presenters. And I'm like, and, and I don't want to be part of that crowd. Yeah. And they would said Basho had a unique model where they didn't hire trainers. They hired sales reps who could train. So yeah. you had to be able to use the techniques to sell so you could train or else you wouldn't make any money. And I liked that. And so I just kind of, and I just, it was funny. I was prepping for the interview uh, with Basho and they wanted me to do a a training. They wanted me to train something. I had never formally trained anybody, right? So I didn't know what to do. So you know what I did? I went down to literally Barnes and Noble, no joke. And I got training for dummies. I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I got training for dummies, it? no joke. And I, but the funny thing was, is I opened up the first page and in there, it's like, here's the 10 characteristics that you know, you're, you have. To, and if you know, if you have these characteristics, you're cut out to be a trainer, right? And I read through every one of them and I was like, 
No, no, Dominate. actually, Matt, Opposite. they were all spot on. Like, spot oh, interesting. On. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, all these things. Apparently, I'm supposed to be a trainer here. So I called my mom, who was a career counselor. Like back when I was growing up, she was a career counselor. You know, I've had a Myers Briggs since I was like five years old. So, um, so I asked her. I go, "Hey, mom, I'm, I got this interesting opportunity for a job here. I'm not 100 percent sure I want it, but um, it's for it's to be a trainer. And, and I'm I'm kind of based on what you know of me. And I was, and she just starts laughing. And I'm like, "What?" And she goes, "John, I don't, I didn't ever want to tell you what to do with your career. She's like, I didn't want to guide you. I just yeah. right." But if there was ever anybody that I thought was meant to to teach and train, it's you. And I was like, huh. And quite frankly, it was like a fish to water. Like as soon as I got into it, and it wasn't because I'm a good trainer. It's not because I'm a good trainer. It's because I'm a good practitioner. Like mm. I, I train, I, I sell every single day. I still have my own quota. I still prospect. I still close. I still manage my own contracts. So with that, I, I can tell you what works and what doesn't work because I did it yesterday. You know what yeah. I mean? And as opposed to reading it in a book from 10 years ago and wearing a suit that's three sizes too big and doing a bullshit role play that nobody would ever do in their lives. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's kind of my that. journey into it. And, you know, and I thoroughly enjoy transferring that knowledge, getting people, getting those light bulbs to go off, you know, and and seeing those those like, ooh, cool and and making a difference. So. That's a big part of it too. Like you hit on a ton of topics there that like resonate with me. It's the, it's the willingness to want to coach and teach that I think makes, I can already see it, right. Just in having a conversation with you here for a few minutes, like you just mentioned it, right. You love, you love that reaction you get from someone when a concept resonates and they can take it and make it their own and then use it and become successful. And that is easy to get on track with. It's, you know, I think like the story of how you got here with like trial and error. I think everybody should do that with their career. Try yeah. different things, fail. We get oh. so, so scared to fail, but failure is an opportunity. It really is an opportunity to learn, right? Like why would we be running from that? I try to especially, push to that. Especially in your twenties, you have yep. no risk or limited risk. Yep. Try everything, literally everything. fail at everything. Failure is only failure if you don't learn from it. You know what yep. I mean? Like that's failure. If you fail at something and didn't learn from that failure, yeah, that that's failure. I'll, I'll determine that, yeah. right? People say there's yeah. no such thing as failure. Yeah, there is. If you yeah. suck and you and you keep trying things and not learning from them, that's yeah. failure. But yeah. if you look at it as, okay, that sucked, but what did I learn from it? And how can I apply that moving forward? There's no such thing as failure. And, and you got to pick, people say this all the time. Like here's some terrible advice that too many people have given to specifically millennials, which is like, follow your passion. Uh. Like What? Follow your path. That is the Who dumbest knows? advice I've ever heard in my life. It's terrible. You're going to tell a kid at 18 years old, follow your path. If you told me at 18 years old, follow my passion, I'd be smoking weed, fucking painting yeah, video the sidewalk over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, the idea is find your passion and then follow it. Yeah. And you don't know what you're passionate really about until you try a bunch of different things. It so my years. whole theory on buckets of age range, 20s, try everything. Fuck up. Who cares? Yep. 30s, pick a lane. 40s you you better know what the fuck you're talking master about, master it right yeah. so that's where you create wealth yeah yeah i love that it's exactly it i think there's so many rules now and you mentioned it all these other trainings right there are nuggets and there are pieces and there are aspects of those trainings that you yeah. can take to make your own everybody now has to be like guide me to this one thing and i'll follow it and i hope it works but we don't experiment right like you mentioned earlier i think you kind of alluded to it like question everything I question my own process and thoughts. I question yep. anything that comes my way because I want to make sure I build a cohesive 
collective story that works and resonates. Like you and I were laughing before too, like mock demos and training through like a mock demo. It it takes out the one aspect of of sales that's or, or learning anything that's most uh, prevalent, and that's the authenticity. So yeah, I love that concept. I love that mindset. You just get so much more out of it, and you kind of take everybody's guard down. You're not just like following and checking boxes. You're actually learning something about yourself, which makes you, we're all selling all day, every day in our whole, it's communication. Sales is communication. Like that's Look, really we, we do the activities anyways. We have mm-hmm. like, here's a, here's a easy example. When you're starting off in your career, you got to make the calls. You got to make the 50 dials, whatever the fuck your boss is telling you to do. Yep. Right. And it sucks. Don't get me wrong, but do it and yep. then learn from it. So for instance, like I tell everybody, the number one thing, if you ask me to go back and tell my 22 year old self something, what would it be? Right. It would, it would be a B split test, everything, yeah. literally everything. So, and when I say that, like when you're cold calling, say you're cold calling into CIOs in healthcare, come up with two different messages to CIOs in healthcare, make 20 phone calls with this approach, make 20 phone calls with that experiment. Approach. It's one yields a higher response, right? Yeah. Because look, if you make a, say you make 50 dials in a day and you get no meetings, that's a shitty day. And I agree with you, but Say you make 50 dials, but you split it up and you do 25 and 25 and you still get no meetings. To me, that's actually not a bad day because you just figured yeah. out two approaches that don't work. Tomorrow yeah. you come in and try a couple new ones. Yeah. The whole idea of agility right now, if you are not agile and are not evolving, you are you are getting passed over. Like you are, yeah. you are standing, if you are standing still, like agility for businesses, for individuals. And the only Absolutely. way you can be agile is to create a framework for yourself where you can consciously test different things and try because what worked six months ago is just not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. The question that you ask, like, I mean, think about remember this. Remember when everybody hit when COVID hit. And uh, y'all heard like, oh, lead with empathy, lead with empathy, right? And then yeah. every fucking email in your inbox started with, I hope you yeah. and your family are doing well. Yeah. Like literally overnight, that yeah. became an eye roll. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. yet still people are, like, I hope you're doing well. And you know, yeah, shut up. So try yeah. different things. <laughs> yeah, experiment, right? Like I love no the right testing thought. Yeah, there's no right answer. And it, it might work for you. It might not work for Mike, yeah. might not work for me, but it works for you. And so why not chase that? Yeah, I love that. So that's awesome. You must hear from like people that are starting out in the BDR role, sure. SDR, et cetera. Um, what's, what's like one piece of advice that you give to, you know, people that are coming into a sales organization or a sales role or what the hell am I getting into? I think I'm going to be selling used cars. Like, um, <laughs> you know, the, the scary <laughs> idea of what sales is, what, what, kind of guidance do you you share it's funny you bring this up because i'm in the midst of writing a book on this um you know i wrote a book called uh i want to be in sales when i grow up with my daughter and um it was for kids like you know five six years old to kind of introduce them to to sales at an early age um this next one's going to be for that high school kid who's kind of looking at college saying uh I don't know if I want to go into $300,000 of debt to get a $40,000 a year job or that person halfway through college who's like, oh, I picked a shitty major. I'm screwed. Or the person's out of college looking at options going gross. And and it's going to be called This Is Sales. And my my opinion of what sales is. And so to answer your question, Mike, about advice, I mean, outside of split testing everything, you know, the... My re- my biggest recommendation stems from what I think it takes to be successful in sales is, which is a belief in what you do. Like if you not if you do not believe in what you're selling, sales is a fucking brutal profession. 
And by the way, if you're one of those sales reps listening right now and you're out there saying, oh, I just, I don't give a shit what I'm selling. I'm just trying to make my commission chip check. Fuck you. You're the reason that this profession has a bad name. If you're out there and you don't genuinely give a shit about what you're selling and you don't think it really makes a difference, but you're making high commissions, you're the reason that people roll their eyes when you tell them you're in sales. But if you believe in what you do, man. Sales is dead. Somebody told somebody told me this early in my career that sales was the was the transfer of enthusiasm. If you believe that strongly in what you do, right? Then it and and look, you're not perfect for everybody, but for the right client, once you figure out that you can really make a difference, then it's transferring that enthusiasm over to them. So my recommendation to new reps is first of all, take a step back and go through that value exercise first. Okay. Go through there's the Google value actually core value exercise. And it's an exercise to really center yourself on what matters to you, like what your real core values are, right? Mm -hmm. Once you have those core values, your decisions become a lot easier because what you do is you search for companies, products, services, opportunities that match those values. Because if if you, if, if you and I have the same val- or similar core values. Right. We can argue all day long, but we're going to come to a point of of respect and and mutual commitment or agreement whatever that might be. But if you and I values are off, then we're just going to yell at each other and we're not going to, you know what I mean? So right. once you really are crystal clear on what your values are, then you start looking for companies that share those values and products or services that you could really genuinely see yourself selling. So easy way to do this is look around. What's the shit that you use all day, every day? What's the stuff that you love? Like when somebody asks you about it, you're like, oh my God, look at this thing that I just, what what are those things? And they're all around us, by the way. Just look at your desk, look at your house, whatever. And go see, well, then who sells this? Or who sells the product or service that creates this or whatever that is. And then go look for those companies. Because when you have that conversation in an interview, it's such a different conversation. If a kid's well, sitting in front of me saying, "Oh yeah, John, I'm gonna, I'm a hard worker, and I, you know, I, I have no problem working up, you know, getting up early and staying late, and my week, you know, my my biggest weakness is I try too hard, you know, all that shit." <laughs> like, get out of my office, please. I'm gonna throw up. It's but so if this tortured, kid's like, "Hey, yeah. John, man, I, I'm so happy, to, you know, you gave me the opportunity to meet with you. You know, your values of family first and giving a shit and making it happen and authenticity and continuous improvement." Those literally resonate so well with me because that's how I live my life. You know, my family is the most important thing to me. Da, 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 da. So I'm looking for a company to create my career where they they understand the importance of family, blah, blah, blah. Right. A kid comes in having that conversation with me. You I can work I, with them. I'm all of a sudden like, oh, okay. Like, I can all right. Work with this. Like, this yeah. is the type of kid I want on my team here. Yeah. So, that's a ball of clay that you can do something with because absolutely. the foundation is there and full circle, right? Like, Yep. Chase your passion, follow your passion. When you don't know it, you know it when you find out what you love. And then that yep. authenticity comes through when you sell. And it doesn't have to be, I think I got trapped personally early in my career. I tried to do this and didn't do it successfully. And then I thought to myself, well, why should I be passionate about somebody else's passion? So following yep. someone else's vision, but there are ways to do it, right? It's yep. not a one size fits all. Not everybody's fit to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's fit to sort of do that stuff. So I think that's another big part of it too. And I think that authenticity comes through. I, I'm interested in your answer to this because I think it's a question that we don't ask ourselves a lot. And as you know, I'm in a sales organization with a lot of really high performers and we've all been a part of them. So is Mike, what's the biggest make mistake or weakness that you see out of the top 1% of sellers at successful organizations? So what are the top sellers missing? Because everybody's got stuff they can work on, right? Yeah. I think you know we've all been in a spot where we've gotten to a point where we're like, how much more can I do? It's just sales, right? It's mostly luck. What sorts of mistakes do you see at the high levels with sales reps? 
Yeah, they don't bet on luck, I'll tell you that. Um, there ain't no such thing as that, in my opinion. But uh, the top sales reps don't – well, and I think top is, a, is, a, is an interesting question, right? The top producers versus mm-hmm. who I would consider the top sales reps. Um, yep. I think the top producers make a lot of mistakes. They, they rely too much on their art form. Right. They're 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 just those naturally gifted. Like, I'll tell you right now, I think if you were to really put me put a pin on it, I think there's probably five percent of our population who are the natural born sales professionals, the ones who just show up in a room. They know exactly what questions to ask, how to manage their time, how to relate to people, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. They are pure. And I and I know two of them. My uncle and and Jeff Hoffman. Those are the two that I know that I, like literally I watch them. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. I could never fucking do what you do, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think those are usually the top performers. But the challenge is, is they they rely too much on their art form and they're they're yeah. not willing to try the new technologies, the new, you know, they buck the trends, they roll their eyes at, oh, this AI stuff, fuck that. That's never going to really right. challenge me, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I've already done this training. Uh, yeah. I've yeah. seen some stuff that's going to challenge the best sales reps on the planet coming GPT, out. GPT 3 is going to be writing these emails on behalf of them and then closing deals without them. So they're yeah. already doing it. So yep. I think they, they stop paying, they, they get comfortable of how good they are yep. and they stop learning and they stop they stop being curious. Yep. They stop being curious. I love that answer. That's, go ahead, Gibby. No, I was going to say, well, um, Maddie turned all my weaknesses into strengths when we started this podcast. So <laughs> we're a team. We're a team. Listen, own, all the things, all the areas I struggle. Right, but, that's why this partnership works. That's why we will. <laughs> no, but do you think there are there like two or three traits or mm. characteristics that you see from people that is generally a path to success in a sales role. Um, Coachability, curiosity, uh, and grit. I'd say those are the three. Like if you're coachable, um, I'll take you all day long. Uh, You know, when I do interviews where, you know, say it's a cold calling, uh, you know, for an inside sales or something like that. I, you know, what I'll do is I'll go through the interview, ask some questions, whatever. And then I'll say, Hey, do me a favor, go in the other room. And I want you to cold call me on speaker. I'm going to be on speakerphone and what, you know, ask them what they sold in the past. So let's say, say, what do you sell in the past? Whatever you're comfortable selling that I'm your target target. And all your job is, is to get a meeting with me. So I go, they call and whether they do good or bad, I don't really care. But when they come in, I give them feedback and I say, all right, well, that was good. But, you know, here are some areas of improvement. But now I I want you to go back in that room. I want you to call me again. And this time you're selling my company. You're selling, you know, I'm a prospect for you, but you are selling. And at the time it was Thrive Networks. So you're selling Thrive Networks and I'm right. And again, all you're trying to do is get a meeting with me. All I care about is did they apply what I told them in that feedback Mm -hmm. session? And if I can Mm -hmm. tell they applied what I told them, I'm like, all right, you're coachable. Good job. Grit, that's something you can't hire. I'm sorry, that that's something you can't teach. Right. You have to hire that. Yeah. Uh, my biggest, my biggest fear right now is work ethic is, you know, this everybody's taking this work-life balance bullshit way too far mm-hmm. and saying, oh, you know, I want this perfect balance and I'm 22 <laughs> years old. I haven't earned shit in my life, but I just I want I I I coming in at you know before nine o'clock. Are you serious? And when do you know how and I, yeah. you want me to stay past five? Like, are you fuck? Like, what? You're out. <laughs> like, dude, I, I'm sorry. Like, and like people ask me all the time, John, what's the secret to success? It's fucking working your ass off. Yep. Like, shut up. No shortcuts. People say work smart. Yeah, but that not 
in replacement of working your ass off. No, no. I, I was I was in the office before everybody every day. I was I was later. You know, I came home later than anybody else. I worked 16, 17 hours a day, six to seven days a week for the majority of my career. And I'm going to tie this to one of the other questions, which is when you genuinely believe in what you're doing and you love it. It's not it doesn't really feel like work all that much. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm still doing it. You know, 43 years, you know, 46 years later, however fuck old I am. Yeah. You don't know <laughs> any different, right? Like you're just, yeah. and I think that's that discipline. I also think like accountability is big too. I think yeah. the coachability is massive. Like it's yeah. ego, right? If you get yeah. somebody who's not, not afraid to let somebody take a few shots at their process to get a little yeah. bit better. It's funny though. In every sales org we've all been in, the guy like you that comes in and works his ass off and gets all the things that he wants and is successful, you'll find pretty quickly that the sales reps who aren't willing to take those steps are the ones that will criticize that person. Oh, and so they weed themselves out, right? Like I know those aren't those people I'm going to ride through a, 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 any kind of downturn. So nope. yeah, well, it's, it's simple stuff. There's a quick little management tip for everybody. Like here's a, here's an interesting question to ask, right? You got your A reps, your B reps, and your C reps, right? Your great average and crap. And you put in a magnet on like for you put a magnet on the A's and you put a magnet on your C's and you ask, well, which direction would your B's lean? Right. Mm. And the, the logical answer is, well, they want to be like your A's, right? Wrong. What happens is say your A, say your 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 boss comes in and, and rolls out a new comp plan, right? And it sucks and say it's terrible. It's like, you know, your quote is going up, you're getting less commission, right? So everybody's pissed. Yeah. What does the A rep do when when they get there? If they don't quit immediately, it, what does the A rep do when they get that new comp plan? They find a path. They find, they find a way to get path. Done. They immediately are like, well, fuck it, this sucks, but let me go figure yep. this out. I'm out of here. Right. Yep. Now the C rep is just going to bitch, right? Okay. Oh, this blows right. and this sucks and whatever. So oh, now you get, the, you get the B rep sitting there. Now the B rep is frustrated because it's a frustrating situation and they want to be like the A, but the A is no longer there for them to commiserate. And the A doesn't want to go out to lunch and talk no. about how bad this is. No, it's a true the IC. Maybe does. they don't want to coach. Yeah. The C rep is, the C rep's like, hey man, you want to go grab a drink? Yeah. And what does the B rep do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mad. So I, yeah, I, I want to vent about this. So I get sucked down by the C's. So that's, you know, the, the key there is to make sure that, you know, you got a good mix, but you don't pay too much attention to those C's. Like yeah. they, they will suck the life out of you as a manager. They will suck the life out of you as a team. And yeah. anybody who is like, here's another one I will tell you right now. I, I almost have this weird visceral reaction to negativity these days. Like mm -hmm. if you are just Debbie Downer all the time, Can't I mind. avoid you like the plague, like the plague it's it's weird it, it just happened to me in the past two or three years where it's just like i've i've cut people out of my life friends family anybody who's like energy suckers yeah just negative people all the time because i just don't have room for that in my life at this point and they can't and, offer you anything no and so those people like they might produce results but i'll tell you right now they're on the radar from people like me you know what I mean? Like I yeah. might have some reps that are producing really good results, but if they're always bitching or always complaining or always questioning what, why we're doing things or thinking it's, you know, a slight on them, that's in the back of my head. And so when yeah. their results aren't there, guess who gets the conversation yeah. to get yeah. the fuck out? Yeah. I think that gets mislabeled as like team player. I feel like I hear that a lot. Like, oh, you're a team player. And that's not really what that is. It's really no. just having the right attitude and going right about attitude. your business in a, in a good way. And then huh? you, you want that to rub off on the bees. You want the bees to see that and be like, why is this dude so happy all the time? What's right. he so excited about? He just got smoked this month. Like, what's right. his deal? And then you, you, I think then that's like a rising tide lifts all boats. If these totally. are simple concepts. We skip them. We miss all yep. of them. Yeah.
And so I had a question too around like when you started to launch this path, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what were some of the biggest challenges that you saw? Like that you were like, oh my God, I didn't realize this was going to happen. Um, You know, I, I started doing this career. I started mentoring. I started coaching. I started this company and holy crap, this was an unexpected situation. And I'm asking a question that I don't know the answer to. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. You know, I knew a lot about business entrepreneurship because I had kind of done it before, you know, training. Um, I kind of took over a, a company like Basho went belly up and, and I just basically yep. took it over. So there was a transition there. It wasn't a pure startup. You know, there was a revenue stream there. There were clients there. So I was pretty fortunate there. Um, I think what probably surprised me most was the impact that you can have. Um, you know, training for me always was oh, cool. I'm producing results. I'm making money. Right. But when you start to do this enough um, and even podcasting, right. When you start to have conversations out loud mm-hmm. with, with the intent of paying it forward, with the intent of helping um, y- you never know who's listening. You really don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing I keep every, I mean, sales is brutal, right? I mean, 99 knows to get one. Yes. Type of thing. So I keep every um, tweet, uh, comment, uh, email from from people saying thank you for stuff, mm-hmm. uh, for th- hey thanks yep. for sharing that or whatever it is. And the other day, back at in at inbound here in Boston, um, yep. you know, some kid came up to me and he goes, "Hey John," he goes, um, "I just want to say thank you." And I'm like, "For what, man?" And I was like, "He's like, well, he, no, for, for, I'm sorry. First, he asked for a hug, right? I was like, yeah, I'm a hugger, sure, what's up?'" And uh, he's like, "I just want to say thank you." I'm like, oh, "For what? You know, whatever." He's like, "You saved my life," and I was like, "What?" I was like, come on, man. I'm like, I didn't save your life. I'm like, I don't even know you. And he goes, no, you have no idea. He goes last year, because my dad passed away a year and a half ago. And I talked about it a lot on my podcast and, you know, and, and social and stuff like that. And just kind of open therapy session for me through the the journey. Right. And he was listening. And what happened to him was his mom died. Um, his brother died the same day unexpectedly. His wife left him and his job fired him because he was taking too much bereavement time all within 30 days. This guy was sitting, living in his car, contemplating suicide and holy fuck balls came across my podcast and started listening to me talking out loud about what I was going through and the challenges and how I was dealing with it and all this other stuff. And somehow, some way it connected with him. And he thought that there was, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something else to this. There's gotta be a better way out of this. And now awesome. he's got a job. He's got a girlfriend. He's ha- back on his, you know, and it was just like, like yeah. when you can make that type of difference just by having a conversation out loud. I, I mean, good Lord. I don't, I can't, I can't think of another profession that, that I could get that type of satisfaction out of. You know what I mean? And, and that, and that's like the pinnacle, right? I mean, I get, we get emails all the day, all the time saying, Oh, thank you so much. You know, the training changed and, you know, now I'm doing this and I'm a manager and I'm a VP and thank you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like those are all stuff that I keep every one of them, but every once in a while you have that light bulb that goes off or that difference that you make, that is something you didn't even expect. 
Yeah. That's why this is, you know, that's why you should build your brand. That's why you should have a podcast. That's why you should share your journey with people because you never know who's listening. Yeah. It's a good medium for that. You're right too. And it's, it's, you know, I think about that's a, that's an awesome story. And you said you, you get feedback all the time, right? Cause you guys mm-hmm. do a lot of good things. You help a lot of people you're mentoring. And I feel like we're, our culture now isn't designed for people to share their successes because you're worried about all the people who are going to come at you and sort of be like, well, why should you be happier than me? Or why should yeah. you have more success than me? And why shouldn't I have those things? And you just gets in the way of the growth. So I think that's good. It's, it's good to see the good and the bad. I'm sure you guys get bad ones. I'm sure you guys get good ones. Like they're all good. They're AB. That's AB testing. That's the really cool, what it is. I mean, the cool thing for us, I think because we're so value driven, like I have so it, it's a, it's really, it's one of the things I'm really proud of. I don't have too many trolls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because they know that they can't really challenge me. And this is where I, this is, you know, I tell my team this all the time. I, when I went off on my own, like I had all these people come to me. It's like, Oh, John, I could get you 10,000 Twitter followers overnight. If you just give me your Twitter handle. And I'm like, why the hell do I want 10,000 random ass people following me on Twitter? Right. And this was well before personal branding and all that stuff was big. So I said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this my way. And in my way was trying to add as much fucking value as I possibly can. And also coming at it from a perspective of, I'm not smarter than you. I just, I'm doing things and I'm sharing with you what works and what doesn't work. And it's your choice, right? So that because of authenticity and integrity and values and those type of things. And I, you know, I've taken a lot longer, I think, to get to where I am than I I could have, you know what I mean? I could have hacked my way through this and become a millionaire, you know, 10 times over at this point if I wanted to. But the beauty is, is now with all the bullshit, like consistency is pretty important too. Anybody yeah. can be hot on social for a couple of quarters, a yeah. year or two years even, but for 15 years, try it, yeah. right? And so now anytime I get challenged by anybody, I'm like, cool. Bring You're doing it. the work. You're doing no, the work. And you don't want like, to energy it. to those people anyway. Any people who, anybody who talks shit on me, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's have this conversation out loud. You know what? Let's do a LinkedIn yeah. live. And and you and I can have this debate on on who's better or what your philosophy is, and we can have the whole world decide. And yeah. not one person has ever no. accepted that challenge. No, it's too scary. They don't want to be exposed either way, nope. and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, nope. it's a good it's a good strategy. We yeah. might be able to employ that, Gibby, if we ever get big enough to have Twitter followers that are trolling us. We might need well, to go. We we only have one uh, famous sports writer from Denver. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben will protect us. He'll help us. <laughs> uh, no, we're not, we're not trying to have that argument, but um, so definitely I, I just looked on Amazon. Sorry. I'm looking at the other screen as we're talking um, to uh, make sure that while you're out there, I want to be in sales when I grow up, mm-hmm. um, add it to your Christmas list. Um, join jbsales.com is the website. Actually, uh, uh, we just rebranded. So it's sell okay. better. It's sell better.xyz. So okay, sell I saw better. Whole, so yeah, well. if you, we just transitioned a uh, whole new rebrands. And if you go there, you can sign up for a daily newsletter where we do literally daily shows. We do daily live shows. So all free content. And then our YouTube channel, I think it's sellbetter.xyz. YouTube.sellbetter.xyz has a ton of free content on there too. And tons of podcasts. Um, yeah, they make it happen Monday podcasts. Yeah. Type of content on there as well that yeah. you know, is is really powerful and um but, and it's not just directed at like the the AE right like no, I no, saw no. there's uh, content around SDR yeah. there's prospecting there's mm-hmm. you know across the board so you're going to get better 
um, by joining. It's holiday season. If you're looking for last minute gifts for the salesperson in your life, this is yep. the time to do it. Um, yep. Not that, you know, <laughs> John, apologies. I don't think you're going to see a massive spike in sales. Yeah, this. Right. Could, be, could be five to 10 potentially. We'll send That's your way. We'll do right, whatever man. we appreciate, can. Appreciate the <laughs> shout out. Appreciate the exposure. If it's just so, one person grabs and gets some value out of it, I'll be happy. So, yeah. Well, I think you might have two, um, at least <laughs> on on this um, minimum. So maybe here. we get to four. Let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves. We'll 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 triple that. <laughs> but um, but uh, so John, you're North Shore guy originally, right? You're in Woburn now. Yep, Massachusetts based. So we can talk about mobile. We don't have to figure out like what gas station. I'm in Maine. Yeah, Maddie's you know in Massachusetts. So we're yeah. we're all you know in in general vicinity. Um, you're going out to visit a client, prospective client, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh gosh, it's three o'clock. I'm not going to eat for another like three or four hours. I just had lunch, but, uh, I need something for the way home. You got to get some gas. You're stopping off. What are you getting at the mobile mart? What's, what's the, what's the snack of choice? Yeah, it's tough because these days, you know, at 46 years old, your health starts to catch up with you and, you yeah. know, high blood pressure starts to actually creep in Understood. and shit like that. So uh-huh. I, I can't do what I, you know, I used to road trip with, you know, the, the sunflower seeds and beef jerky and the Gatorade yeah. bottle, right? Like just the, the standard, uh, you know, spit in a cup type of thing. But uh, these days I'm trying to be a little bit more healthy. So, you know, the kind bars, uh, yep. those type of things. I, I like those not just because I like them, but also the story behind them and, the you know, yep. how they found it and the good work that they do. So, again, I think a lot of um, my decisions these days on brands has a lot to do with their values, not just if I like them, you know, the product, but it has a lot like Patagonia, you know, those, those type of things. Those are the companies that I want to support. support. I want to support companies who are doing good in some way, shape or form. And so kind, if I can, if I'm looking for an energy bar or something like that, I'm, I'm going for them because I feel like they're, they're giving back and they're doing some good stuff. Same thing with like Bombas for socks, you know, yep. like, like that type of yep. shit. So Tom's, uh, but yeah, I'll do, these days will probably be the kind bar. <laughs> That's our second kind bar, I think, right? Yeah, which, it is. Quite honestly, yeah, should be a kind bar on the list. Um, but you did mention beef jerky, which has been a yes. uh, you know um, tipping. I, we assumed that was everybody's <laughs> default when you walk into the gas station because it's you're going to get everything out of it, right? You're going to get energy, right. you get some flavor. You can't really go wrong with beef jerky, but I do like the the thing I like about kind bars and your process in general is there's limited ingredients there too. So if you're trying yeah. to be healthy, the less that's in there, the better off you're going to be. And there's so many options now. Yeah, should we should be selecting brands based off of the values that they that they bring? That's a good idea. I think so. I, that's yeah. how I select clients. By the way, yeah. you know, when I look for customers, cool. um, I look to their values first because I only want to work with customers that actually share those values. And I've fired customers before that don't. You know, yeah. I've had I've had sales reps come to me and say, "Hey, John, you know, this person, you know, I, all my trainer, all my trainers are women, and, um, you know, I had this a couple of times where they'd come to me and say, "Hey, John, this guy's ready to do training. He wants to sign off on sixty, hundred thousand dollars worth of training, um, but he's such a douche. You know, he's been, he's been <laughs> so condescending throughout the entire sales process, but he just wants to talk to you, and he's he's ready to go." And I'm like, is this somebody that you think you, that you would want to work with? And the, the trainer would be like, absolutely no, no. If actually you could actually give it to somebody else, I'd appreciate it. No. I'll get on the phone with that executive who's, you know, all bravado. Hey, what's up, John? How you doing, man? I'm so excited. I'm going to this up. And I'll be like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And they'll Not be like, right what? Fit. They'll yeah. be like, 
Uh, like, I'll be like, actually, no, I, I just talked to uh, one of my trainers and they said that you talked down to him the entire time and you were pretty much condescending and you talked over him every time that they were trying to have a conversation. You made him uncomfortable. I actually listened to some of the gong calls too. And it, you did come across as an asshole. So I'm good. Um, we're, we're not going to be moving forward here. And, he, and he'll be like, dude, come on. I, like, I'll, all right, all right. I'm sorry. You know, I'll, I'll sign the contract. We'll pay up front. I'm like, no, go fuck yourself. Take that money, stick it right up your ass and go get yeah. another trainer who just is needing money because I don't need yours. Yeah. And, you know, and and they're like, they get mad at me and all that other stuff. But I'm like, I, I could care less. Uh, that's the last thing I need is some douchebag like you coming in here and treat my employees like crap. Because if you're a pain in the ass, by the way, this is for every, every sales rep to listen to. If they are a pain in the ass through the sales process, I promise you they oh, will yeah. be a pain in the ass as a customer. Worse, Pro- potentially yep. worse. Yeah, because yep. then you're in. Then they feel like there's that entitlement, right? Like yep. I've already paid you. I owe you almost like I own yep. your your services. And that's just yep. not that's not a transaction. That's not I got no room for that these days. No, I love that. I love that. We need more of that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the best we could do is lead by example, right? Like yep. turn down business as hard as it is that doesn't align with what you're trying to accomplish. Or, you know, I see too many leaders bring in, you know, business or people because their results, right? It's the same thing. We talk about A, B, and C players. I will fire an A player if they're an asshole. I don't care what kind of results that they are driving, you know, because they're toxic to the rest of the environment. They're toxic, toxic to the team. And, yeah. and that's not going to work. So if you're a jackass and not a team player, uh, eventually I'll let you go. Yeah. It's a virus. Those are, those yep. people are viruses to the, yep. to the org. Yep. Agree. It's hard. People don't want to have those real conversations. I, you know, I appreciate that you do. Cause if we can make that more normal, it won't be so offensive. It'll just be, let's be honest about what we're both hoping to get out of this and exactly. that it'll be a conversation. Yeah. We need more of that for sure. That's awesome. John, thank you. Um, yeah, man, this has been great. We appreciate it. This is awesome. Um, I hope you have a great holiday season and enjoy the time with your family. One of the things that really stood out to me was when we were trying to schedule this meeting and Maddie and I usually schedule at eight o'clock and you're like, no, no, no. Eight o'clock yeah. is family time. And I love that. I thought yeah. it was great. And I was like, no questions asked. I nope. get it. Boundaries. I, we all need to do more of that. Um and and uh, so anyway, I, I hope you enjoy the holidays. Thank yeah, you man. for everything you're doing for sales professionals and and uh, taking the time to meet with a little old podcast here. So of course, we appreciate. Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank you, man. You we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. For sure.